0: is Digital Marketer. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I am your host, Jenna Snavely, and today we're getting a little brainy because I talked with the founder and CEO of Aribi, Iris Shore. Aribi is an all in one marketing analytics tool that makes getting actionable insights easy without integration, and most importantly, without code. Iris is a serial entrepreneur, she's already on her third startup, and she's raised over $27 million in funding. In our interview, Iris talks about why data is a cornerstone of your marketing funnels. She talks about some customer behavior trends that they're seeing across the board, and also why she is a hands-on founder. So much insight today, whether you're a marketer, or a data person, or a CEO yourself, let's get it started. Iris, hello. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jenna. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because I know, number one, it's kind of rare for me to be able to talk to someone who's, you know, raised millions of dollars and, you know, founded like incredible, super techie companies. You know, a lot of who I talk to are marketing people but like the, the tech side and all the things that Oribi does just blows my mind. So I'm really excited to talk to you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah,
0: well, I'd love to just like start with the beginning kind of how how did this get started? Who are you and how did you get here?
1: So I'm Iris. Today I'm the CEO and founder of Orebi. And uh, we were a startup company We raised over $27 million to date. In a nutshell, we are trying to reinvent marketing analytics and to help people that do want to be data-driven but hate numbers and don't have enough resources to really understand the impact of each action that they make. I actually studied architecture when I was just about to graduate. I decided that that's not what I want to do in life. I wasn't sure what I want to do and that was around like 2008 lots of startups it seems to be like the the cool and easy decision so today this is my third company the first one was indeed around the world of architecture And, and we were acquired by autodesk as a company behind autocad later and then i decided to move on to different types of companies I was always very, very passionate about about marketing, and that's what led me to to start Arabia. I, I really felt that uh, there aren't many good tools around measuring uh, marketing. For me, it was always very important to understand the impact, and I always find it am- found it amazing and um, how challenging it is to answer exactly the same question that all other companies are trying to answer. And how come we need every time to set new events and reports and uh, get help from developers and just to understand the very basic questions.
0: Yeah, what I what I find really incredible about Aribi is that you don't need a developer to help you figure out how to answer these questions. That's kind of, that's the biggest part of, you know, my job is trying to figure out, Like I'm trying to think of good questions to ask and trying to find new ways to look at data that we have. Um, And this is just on the product side. I'm, I'm not on the marketing side. And what's difficult is I don't have the time or the skills to be like creating all of these, you know, relations to one another and tracking events and all this kind of stuff and building these things out. And our dev team has a lot on their plate. (laughs) So you're kind of just left in this, like, what am I supposed to do? I'd love to know your kind of philosophy on the place of data, the kind of data that Ariba provides in marketing and why it's so critical.
1: I think there are lots of barriers. It's hard to analyze the data. And sometimes we don't know which questions to ask and sometimes we don't know what are the key metrics. But I would say that the first barrier is just to get the data. But the dev team is always too busy and they don't have enough resources to collect the data or you change something critical on the website and then you need to wait for two or three months until someone from the dev team will have enough time to define this event. So I decided that the main technology is going to be around And collecting all the data. I I do want to give people the freedom at any given moment to ask any question that they like. Do posts that they write about this topic actually uh, help with uh, the engagement of the product? So it's just about connecting the dots, and in order to do it, you need to have all the dots. And that's what we're doing. It will be really taking the developer out of the equation. So it might be, for example, that you have a website with. 2,000 visitors uh, a month, but only 50 out of them purchased something or completed the funnel. And you need to create events in between because you really want to create different audiences of uh, users who were not interested at all and uh, the few hundred uh, visitors that were interested and you want to retarget and you want to create lookalikes based on and you want to reach out to them again.
0: Those kinds of events and and looking at what the people are actually doing on your site and, and putting intentionality behind it. Like I, I want you to be doing this. So being able to look at the data, um, based on what you want them to do, that makes so much sense when it comes to other things like Google analytics, how can Aribi like take you further than something like GA? At the
1: first like two years of Oribi, I was really intimidated by saying that we go ahead to help with Google Analytics and I was always saying, it's, it's, it's different, it's not the same code, it's for different people. Um, and then I realized how much most people hate Google Analytics. So I do want to say <laughs> that it, it can be a great tool, I'm not against Google Analytics. It started um, as a tool to measure visitors, um, and it's less about really marketing analytics. So it's less about understanding uh, what is the next uh, piece of content that you should write, uh, uh, what's different between this campaign and another campaign that are performing differently. And from one year to another, it became more and more and more complex. So today, it's some kind of a monster, and even though all marketers use it, and in most cases, marketers that are not very data savvy and don't have enough resources, you need to customize everything, you need to use developers, you need to create reports, and it's very complex for most people. And in most cases, it's not their day job to, to operate Google Analytics. So I do want to highlight that you can do everything with Google Analytics and not against it. For most people, um, it's a monster, they're not sure how to handle, and they're unable to get uh, actionable data. And what we do very differently is taking this approach of doing something simpler from different aspects.
0: Yeah. The um, the overall landscape, you know, allows you to do so much more, it sounds like. And there are just things that you can do that are just quick and easy for kind of, kind of your average person, kind of me, <laughs> your person who can, you know, great ideas, <laughs> can only do so much skill buys. Yeah. I think that just sounds like, you know, one of the most perfect like tools in your arsenal as a marketer. Iris, what, what does it look like for, you know, the, the types of features, adding new features, that kind of stuff for a Rebe? Is it, is it something that's like, it's done? It's perfect. It's out there. Or is this something that you're always working on?
1: We're always working on it. So my focus is usually taking everything from good to great and from great to amazing. And I think that this is really like the tipping point um, where you meet good products and you say, okay, this is a product, it's an interesting product, we we'll try it out and then forget about it. And the very few people, the very few products that people actually love and use them for years. And it's really hard to get to this point. So, For me, it's more about taking the the very key features uh, that people need for marketing analytics. So it's measuring the user behavior and creating audiences and creating funnels and analyzing uh, web pages and events and to keep polishing them. So for example, right now we're taking our funnels that were good and were easy to build and we're creating what we call internally for now, maybe externally, super funnels in which we create mm. channels automatically and we give insights about how uh, different channels behave, where you lose customers, uh, what are the different patterns of usage that lead some visitors to, to drop and others to, co- to complete the funnel and so on. And so I would say that it's, it's usually enough to do one thing right. And maybe if I would start to review all over again, I would do even like fewer features. That, but yeah, the main mm. focus is just to keep on polishing the, the existing features and to provide
0: more value. Yeah. So, you know, you're a data or well, your tech company that looks, that creates ways to look at data for people who are looking at data. Is there anything you've seen across your customers, like, you know, in, in marketing lately that seems to be a trend? You know, people aren't converting, you know, above the folder, anything like that that seems to be a trend going going into 2021.
1: In channel attribution, I think attribution is something that all of us speak of and and usually people think of like how my Facebook ads work with my Google ads or how does my content mm-hmm. work with retargeting from Facebook? And something that we see with most of our customers is that there's lots of attribution within the same channel. So understanding if you're advertising on Facebook, for example, uh, which ads work together well, or what should be the frequency um, between the visits. So to really understand, instead of thinking about, like, I'm going to get people to my blog, then I'm going to retarget them, and that's it. So it's more about, seeing this ad on Facebook, this ad on Facebook, and then another ad on Facebook, or having someone reading this blog and coming back to the website and reading another blog, or getting this sequence of email. Hmm. Another interesting trend that you're probably aware of, but it's really interesting to see that from one year to another, we hardly see any advertising coming from any platform other than Google and Facebook. So you would expect to see some from other networks uh, or other social uh, um, social platforms, and we see for I would say like ninety nine point nine percent of the of the paid traffic is coming only from uh, Facebook and Google.
0: That's actually that does feel really surprising to me just because of the the whole focus, like right now in in our community is what's going on with Facebook? are people leaving it? Is Facebook not cool anymore? Is it, you know, people don't like their ethics and, you know, the fact that they own, you know, the world. (laughs) So it's, it's really interesting and it's kind of comforting to hear that it's not going away, that it's, you know, you have intent based marketing google what do they want to do what are they wanting to buy what are they trying to find and then like your social like just reaching out those those pain points that transformation type of marketing like it, it's it, those two cover so much
1: we hardly see traffic from uh, tiktok and snapchat and so on and, and LinkedIn. i see it mainly because these networks are very contained and people don't click on links or don't go out to different websites.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think there's, as, as these platforms begin creating ad managers and in, encouraging advertisers to come onto the platform, do you think that they stand a chance against Google and Facebook? Or do you think that it's just, this is where we're at and where we're going to be?
1: They do say that there are there is room for other and, for other intent types, and I really see also, we advertise a lot on, on Google and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, and we use very different ads, we get different audiences. So I really think that there's a, a huge world. even so, like our users are probably on Google and Facebook as well. We reach out to them with different different content, different intent. So I do feel that there is potential with other intent types.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. Hey, DM
1: listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works, you'll see a live demo, and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com.
0: Speaking to the people who might be listening right now, because they're startups, they're tech, they have a SaaS, um, you know, they have a product, what... What is working really well for you on Google and Facebook?
1: So actually YouTube is performing much better for us than Google search. So it's hmm. it's search intent, but we have the ability to really show people video that explains about the product. And then people understand what a Ruby is. It's much easier to get their attention than getting someone to link to click on a link and then get to a landing page. With youtube and facebook and instagram you need to create new content every couple of weeks or even less and and both for like refreshing the content but also um to get people hooked on different types of value so to understand what's working what Mm. doesn't work and um and to highlight different uh, angles of the product so a few months ago we we hired someone who just graduated the uh, animation school, and every other week we have a brainstorming of uh, ideas. We work a lot with freelancers from Upwork and Fiverr to edit all the videos. But yeah, I would say that creating this creative machine um, became very important for part of us as scaling up.
0: I. I've seen some of the ads and some of the YouTube videos and it really shows off like such a fun, like vibe of your brand. And I think that's really important too. You know, you've, you've talked a lot about like what it does and how it's kind of like this easy to use thing and all the amazing features. But when you see it paired with these really fun lighthearted videos like featuring people that I I think are from your team. It just it like puts so much heart into it. And I think that can't be understated, like how important that is even for a tech company that is talking about data to just be having fun. Like that it has been really cool to see.
1: Lots of marketers are terrified from data and trying out a new product, installing it, uh, learning how to use it. It's not a fun product like uh, Canva or something that creates uh, art or music or uh, something really easy for social media. And so, yeah, it was very important for me to help people relate to it.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're so spot on about the ease of use. And I think there's like this huge revolution of young people who are, you know, graduating college and like, I just want to make money online. Like, I just want to build my own business and do my own thing and do whatever I want and giving them, they have tools like Canva, they have tools like Shopify, and now they have Aribi, which can, you know, help them see how everything is across all of their funnels. So so easily. They, young people, the Gen Z and young millennials are do not want to have to become experts at something. They just want something that works really, really well. And they just want to get it out there.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, but I would also say that like, uh, I think that most marketers, they have so much on their plate. And in most cases, they don't really measure their marketing. So, and they're very busy. They need to write a new post to change something on Facebook. They need to post on social media, but they don't have enough time to really understand what is the impact of uh, each action. And then they find themselves creating more and more and more uh, different content and campaigns and so on. And Mm -hmm. probably like 70 or 80% of them don't really have any impact and don't convert. So, that's what we really try to do it to really to create something more friendly and simple and uh, independent um, and they can use to understand what is the impact of, uh, what they do. Um, every day.
0: Yeah. I love that. Can, can I ask you a question just like as a, as a founder, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who's running the company, I, I'd seen you, you had a, a blog you were, um, writing a few years ago and when I Googled you, I found it. And, um, you you had a blog post specifically about letting go, yeah, and that it's kind of a fallacy to be focusing on letting go. And I, I just kind of love what you wrote about being able to wear any hat you want at any time to to be really hands on. Um, because I I honestly feel like that's kind of how Ryan runs the company is he puts a different hat on and and jumps in. Um, do you still like adhere to that? Do you still feel that way? Is that still something that you are working on?
1: I think there was some kind of an assumption that if you're a manager, especially if you're a CEO, you always need to take care of the strategy of uh, the management. I have it so many times people saying like, um, how come you as a CEO spend your time with uh, obsessed with design, with the design of the website, and uh, doing the QA yourself, and even for example, like today, I posted something on Facebook uh, about how to write uh, CVs, and some people wrote me, "You're the CEO. You're not supposed to read the CVs. You need to uh, <laughs> you're the one in charge of like the, the final interview." And they think that it's very important to work in different uh, scales so I would say that I agree that I, I don't think that it's my job to design every logo to get in touch with the, each candidate but there's something very important with moving from the big picture to the small details and, and sometimes um, they have huge impact and um, so, so the way I look at my role is to and to always be at the places that uh, our ears are burning and we need to to handle the fire and all the places that are going to impact where the company is going to be in three years from now and five years from now. And in these places, it's uh, it's about a strategy, but it's also about really feeling the, the ground and all the small details and really, really feel everything. And so, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's important not to think that you if you were see, oh, there's one way to do this job and you should uh, look um, on everything from like 10, uh, 10 months uh, in the air and it's, it's more about really being uh, active on different scales.
0: Yeah, I love that answer and I love that you do that because to me it kind of seems more like just calibrating, you know, you're kind of, you jump in and you're kind of just helping to recalibrate like, Hey, you're, you're the one with the vision. You're the one who knows, you know, you are the heart of this company. So going in and kind of just making sure that each little part is aligned. And then there's also something to like, just doing what is fun and what you're excited about, because how horrible would it be if you did all this work to, you know, create this company that's creating a life for yourself, where all you do is stuff you don't want to do. <laughs> that sounds awful. So yeah, I I absolutely love that advice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, Iris, we're getting to the end of our interview. And I do have one more question for you. But Before I ask it, I'd love to know um, where can people find out more about you? Where can people find out more about Aribi and what it does or where they can reach out or buy something or whatever you want to plug?
1: So just visit Aribi.io. It's super easy to get started. So we have a free trial. And if you're using WordPress or Shopify, there's a plugin. So you don't need even to add a script or something. If you are using HTML or Tag Manager, It's a very simple script and we'll start seeing data after a few hours and start seeing insights as well and understand your things about your website. And we also have tons of videos uh, on our website and uh, YouTube.
0: Awesome. Well, Iris, my final question, um, I ask this of every first time guest on the podcast. Uh, So if you could go back in time and talk to the Iris that Hadn't started any companies yet. You know, she was still, you know, on her way there. If you could go back and give her advice, what would you tell her and why? I would say
1: um, probably not to, not to look at people by their experience or by their status. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I, when I just started uh, my entrepreneurship, every time I met like this big investor or a founder that uh, already sold a few companies. I always felt that they need to listen to everything they say and uh, And I always felt wrong if I'm taking a different test. And then um, today I'm really trying to see the very unique light of uh, each person. And I think that hmm. also like, so I mentioned that I was very respectful for people with like these high status and but i, I was also like the other way around they wouldn't listen to to someone who haven't done anything and, and i think something that I'm really trying to to do today is to really look at all people and the same i think that you can learn so much from someone at the company that is doing support for example and uh, working with so many um, with so many different uh, customers, and they've seen it in many cases, uh, senior entrepreneurs, investors, and so on. They have their own way, but uh, in many cases don't uh, suit mine. So yeah, I would say just to, to see the person um, without all the status and covers and to really decide what they want to listen to and which advice I want to take.
0: Yeah, I I, I I am also sure sure that there's there's so much much impact on, on like,
1: the the industry is something that worked 10 years ago, probably doesn't work today.
0: That is incredible advice. And I can just, I just love your brain because it's so, you know, data-minded, CEO, founder, and, like, so heart-centered. So... This has just been really awesome to get to talk to you today, Iris, and to learn from you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And to you listening out there, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye.